You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome once again to another episode of Disney One by One. This week, we're talking about Lady and the Tramp from 1955. This is the 15th movie on the list. Moving right along. As always, you can check us out everywhere on social media at Disney1x1. And if you could give us a rating, a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this thing, it'll be much appreciated. Today, as always, joining me on this journey is my brother, David Rolfing. David, welcome back to the show. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me back. Last week, Peter Pan, such a good movie. I didn't think we could reach that level again, but I actually really enjoyed this movie, so I'm excited to talk about it. Well, and you are a dog owner and lover, so that probably helps. It did help. And joining us, our special guest this week, he's our second Eric to be on the show. So Eric Christensen, tell me why you are the best Eric. The best Eric. I don't even know who the first one was, but that guy was a chump. I can't. I. I. I don't know him. I. I, I don't know his last name, but I can only imagine he was the worst of the worst. So the only only way to go is up from here. All right. It sounds good. Eric, are you a dog owner or lover? Uh I have had a dog. I do not own any pets at the okay. moment. I'm petless. All right. Well, well, I'm sure we'll get into our appreciation of dogs with Lady and the Tramp here. So Eric, I'd love to just uh, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you what do you do? You do some pretty interesting stuff for a living. Uh, yeah, uh, my day job is I write and direct and also act in a lot of videos for a company called Vat Nineteen, which is an online retailer. Which is you wouldn't think that's very interesting, but right. we make all of our own essentially commercials for the things that we sell, but we do it in a very interesting way. And uh, all of that is uploaded to YouTube. And we have a huge following on YouTube. We have uh, close to 6 million subscribers on YouTube. And that's where all of our audience is. And uh, it's it's a weird job, for <laughs> sure. Uh, people ask me what I do. I'm like, well, like I sell novelty products, but not that kind of novelty product that you're probably thinking of. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a fun job and sometimes it's a weird job, but, uh, all in all, it's, it's a good job. What, what's the strangest thing you've had to do for a video? Oh man, gosh, that is, that's, that's a really hard question. Recently, not too long ago, we had like a dunk tank video that we did. I don't know if this is like the weirdest, but it's one of the worst. And they filled the dunk tank with like glue one of them was durian fruit, which smells like rotting flesh. <laughs> and like chopped up fish was one of like it was just the grossest stuff. Yeah. Like I was really mad that I had to do that video. That's that's there's like a lot of that where it's like a lot of like weird, like awful stuff that we have to do. But then we also do scripted comedy, which is a sure. lot of fun as well. Is that like in the contract you sign? Like I have to I yeah. agree to I agree to eat really spicy food. You know if someone makes I, me do it. I don't I don't think so, which I shut down the spicy food thing. Like we had a bunch of videos where we had to do spicy, like <laughs> insanely spicy foods. And people don't even get it. Like they're like, oh, like jalapenos. Like you eating like jalapenos. It's like, no. Like ghost pepper. It's like, and it's, it's beyond ghost pepper. Now we've got synthetic spice. It's seven <laughs> times hotter than ghost pepper. And like after doing pure Carolina Reaper powder, 
and it just like ruining my day. Like I couldn't get off the floor of my office. I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like <laughs> this is not worth it. What I'm getting paid for this. So like I, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm not doing these spicy videos anymore. And I haven't, I haven't done it. How many views did that one get? The Reaper one? I, not even that many because it was like <laughs> in like a video, like just like a segment of a video that was, uh, I don't know, probably like half a million views. I feel like YouTube is kind of saturated with those spicy food videos yeah. too. There's a whole channel dedicated to eating hot sauces of varying degrees with celebrities. So it's kind oh, of hot a, ones. Yeah. There's so many videos yeah. like that already out there. Yeah, hot ones with uh, Sean Evans. I actually um, recently ran into Sean Evans in the bathroom uh, of VidCon, <laughs> and I was at the sink, and I was like, and this is weird that we're in the bathroom, but I have to say something because I'm a fan of the show. And I was like, hey, like I love hot ones. Really great concept for uh, a show. I had a, a show kind of similar to that where I had like guests on, and we like ate snacks and different things and kind of talked about the snacks. And I was like, you had Andrew WK on your show, and I actually had Andrew WK on my show. And I was like, he's a weird dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Sean Evans was like, yeah, well, he's my friend. And I was oh. like, oh, cool. I just stuck <laughs> my foot in my mouth and ruined that relationship forever. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's a, a thing on YouTube for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your, your Disney history. Did you grow up watching Disney movies or going to the parks or anything like that? Uh, I definitely went to Disney when I was younger. My parents went down there because my grandparents like were, what do they call them, snowbirds or whatever. And we would go visit them. And one year we went to Disney World. Or is it Disneyland? D Disney World. World yeah, in Florida. World in Florida. The thing I remember the most was the cat, was it Captain Neo? You guys know what I'm talking about? It was oh, the Michael yes. Jackson. Captain, Captain EO. 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 The Michael yeah. Jackson movie. Yeah, yes. yeah, the Michael Jackson movie. <laughs> and they also had a Muppet one. Uh, yep. And they were like kind of like these like experiences where they had like, you know, bubbles like come into the theater. Four um, Dimensions. Four yeah, movies, the yes. 4D movies. That's kind of what I remember the most uh, from that experience. Yeah, the, the Captain, Captain EO thing is fascinating because it was made by... George Lucas and uh, Zemeckis. No, Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. You know, I think who who plays the bad, the, the villain in it is. Angelica Houston is the villain in it. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, Michael Jackson. And they created this whole, like, that. the budget of that thing was like $25 million or something like that. Like in, insane for a half hour, you know. That's short. what I remember the most from going there. <laughs> like that was like the the, the highlight was that movie or whatever. And they, they actually brought it back to the parks after Michael Jackson died and they had oh, it really? for, for a while. So I, I saw it relatively recently. It's still pretty awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you like save. Yeah, can the you world like find and, that like freebooted or like <laughs> I'm sure it's on I'm sure it's on YouTube, but you're not gonna get the you're not gonna get Angelica right. Houston's fingernails right, right, coming right. out of the screen at you, you know. Right. Other than that, I watch Disney movies, I think like most kids do. And now I have a child of my own. And so definitely like whenever they've been on, we've either rewatched or watched ones I hadn't seen before. And so I feel like I'm pretty current on new and old Disney movies. So if you had to pick a, a top five of your favorite Disney movies, what would they be? Goodness. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this would be like ranked. Okay. Well, you at least have to tell your number one. Okay. Well, we've watched, my, my daughter and I have watched Big Hero 6 several times now. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I liked Rescuers a lot. 
that's Let's two. See. Yeah. Let me look at my list again here. <laughs> Lion King. Classic. I'm sure everybody's got that on there somewhere. Pretty much. Uh, they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Fantasia, for sure. That one always will stick with me forever. Just like the music from that. I think I like saw it in theaters as a kid and loved it. Are you sure you're talking about the original Fantasia or are you talking about Fantasia 2000? I'm pretty sure it's the original Fantasia. Okay. It could be 2000 that I saw in theaters. That would probably make more sense. But And then I uh, feel like probably Moana. Yeah. Uh, we watched that all the time. Yeah, I, that was one of my favorite movies of last year, just in general. And it, it's yeah. definitely up there in my list. Um, the music and just like, I mean, the animation of the movie is incredible. Oh, and yeah. the music so much fun. And that like Mad Max coconut scene. Right. One, <laughs> like one right of the there in the middle. things they've done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great story too. Like it's a cool way to kind of know more about Hawaiian culture. And I think it's a good movie. All right. So, so out of those five, what is your number one? I guess I'll say Lion King just because it's so nostalgic. But perhaps Lady in the Tramp will dethrone it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Fine. You'll find out. <laughs> and uh, before we move on, a couple more iTunes reviews to read for you. First from Innocence Zero Zero. Enjoying this fun podcast. I'll admit I've watched a ton of movies on the list, so it's interesting to hear all the comments. Love hearing bits of songs in each movie. Good work. And from Lauren Marie 3. I listen to a lot of serious podcasts, so this podcast is a breath of fresh air. I love the nostalgic, fun tone of each episode. The music and sound bites from the movies really bring it to life, and I always get a kick out of the fun facts and the guy's banter and humor. Thanks for making such a fun and informative podcast. Your love of Disney is contagious. Thank you for that and for writing us reviews on iTunes. If you write a review, we'll read it here on the show. And if you've written one and you haven't heard it yet, you'll have to stay tuned for a future episode. And now, we'll move on to Lady and the Tramp. And now, our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a preview of the motion picture event soon to be seen in this theater. We would like to show you and tell you something about Walt Disney's Lady and the Tramp. It's his happiest motion picture, a story about dogs. All right, Lady and the Tramp. Uh, this was an original idea by a guy named Joe Grant who worked for Walt Disney in the 30s and 40s. He brought the idea to Disney in 1937, so that was like before Snow White, based on his own English Springer Spaniel. Disney liked it enough to commission Grant to start story development, and at the time, the movie was just called Lady. Um, it was worked on throughout the 30s and the 40s and never quite caught on completely with Walt. In 1945, Walt was reading a short story in Cosmopolitan magazine called Happy Dan the Cynical Dog, and he liked it so much he, he bought the he bought the rights to it and then adapted this original lady story from Joe Grant to kind of merge these stories together. Huh. So that was the tramp part? I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Happy Dan, I guess that was the tramp, yeah. Yeah. By, by 1953, the, uh, the movie was really starting to take shape. The guy who wrote that short story that Walt read was commissioned by Walt to write a novel of this new story, this new combination of stories, so that the book could come out before the movie, so people could read the book and be familiar with the story, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> and the movie was eventually released after originally pitched in 1937. It was released on June 22nd, 1955. So it was a long development. That was. It was the first animated movie to be shot and released in Cinemascope, which is... A, the super wide aspect ratio that you get in a lot of big Hollywood blockbusters now. 
every past movie we've gone through was basically a square aspect ratio, kind of your four by three old television dimensions. And CinemaScope was starting to catch on, and so Walt hopped on that trend. And I noticed immediately in starting this movie how widescreen it was, especially uh, compared to the ones we've been watching recently. Yeah. Because of this aspect ratio, the animators and artists kind of had to rethink their animation process. It's much harder to do close-ups when you have such a wide rectangle image. And they ended up doing shots that were a lot longer. Instead of the background moving and the keeping the characters still, they were actually running characters through the backgrounds and that sort of thing. The movie was subsequently released in theaters in 1962, 72, 80, 86 in classic Disney form. And there was a sequel called Lady and the Tramp 2 Scamp's Adventure. Uh, which was real, which was released 46 years later on <laughs> on DVD or VHS or whatever was the or common laser disc format in 2001. Yeah, yeah, it's basically about like Lady and the Tramp's only child or something like that. Huh. Lady and the Tramp is I can think of one instance of it in the theme parks. There is uh, Tony's restaurant is on Main Street at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. That's all I could think of. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> have, have you eaten there, Mike? I have not eaten there. It doesn't get very good reviews, but apparently they hired a new chef recently and it's gotten better. Sad that I know that. <laughs> Sad that I know that. Did you know that without looking it up? Yes, I knew that without <laughs> looking it up. <laughs> Eric, I watch a lot of uh, Disney-related YouTube channels and or podcasts, so... I know way too much about this. They're stuff. reviewing the restaurants yes. at Disney. Or they talk about their trips they just went on and that sort of thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, David, do you have anything to contribute to the history of this movie? Yeah, I have a couple fun facts real quick. Um, first, Peggy Lee, she was a famous jazz singer. She voiced the character Peg, who is that like white, hairy female dog in the pound. And she wrote lyrics for a few of the songs in the movie. He's a tramp in La La Lou. So she was a popular singer at the time. Um, and if you if you Google or if you go on YouTube and search Lady and the Tramp behind the scenes, there are two great old videos of about her writing a couple of the songs that I stumbled across. We had a sequence where Lady is brought to the dog pound and discovers her boyfriend has quite a romantic past. So we decided to tell this through a song and created a new character to sing it a canine torch singer. We called her Peg. And Peggy, of course, played the part for us. What a dog. Next, the town where the movie was set was inspired by Walt's hometown in Missouri. Forget. Marceline. Marceline, Missouri. So he tried to bring back some of that feel from where he grew up. And then another personal touch from Walt um, he gifted his wife a dog in a hat box, and they used the same situation when the husband gave the wife Lady in the hat box in the movie. Uh, how nice. But that is all for Lady and the Tramp. All right. Thanks, David. And uh, before we get into like our reactions on the movie, Eric, what were your preconceived notions of Lady and the Tramp before, before watching it again? Did you have any memory of this movie? Uh, Had you seen it before? It was... I had seen it before a long time ago. Only thing I could think of is it's an old movie. I mean, everybody remembers the spaghetti scene. Of course. Like trying to like think back to it. That's all I could really like conjure up. And then I remembered like <laughs> the Siamese cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> like some of the things now, which are probably like super culturally insensitive. And a lot of it came rushing back once I started watching it again. 
Sure. David, how about you? Had you seen this? Yeah, but barely remembered any of it, which seems to be kind of common because we watched these when I was, you know, probably a toddler around that age. So, like, I remember the spaghetti scene, I don't know, just glimpses, but really, I didn't really know the story as a whole. So, I kind of watched it for the first time. Yeah, I don't think we owned this one at home as part of our VHS collection. If we did, we didn't watch it very much because I had very few memories of this. As I've mentioned, like every episode of the show, we grew up watching these Disney sing-along VHS tapes where they just pulled Uh, selections from the movies. And one of the ones that we had definitely had the Siamese cat song because I knew knew every word to that song. (laughs) We are Siamese. Yeah, I think I had that on like a cassette tape. Sure. Uh, And one of those sing-along tapes might have had the... Bella Note Day song, but other than that, I had very few, very few things jogged my memory. So, Eric, you watched it again yesterday, the day before. What'd you think? It was kind of a a more complex tale than I remember, honestly. Like it had a lot of layers to it. Yeah, it was kind of dark at times uh, and very adult at times. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm a big, one of my favorite movies of all time, one of my top five films, just period, is Before Sunrise. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Before Sunrise. But I'm, fami- I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it, though. Classic, like, romantic film. Uh, Richard Linklater directed it. Just the scene with uh, Lady and the Tramp when they kind of, like, have their, like, first date or whatever, and they go to the restaurant and they go to the park and fall asleep together. Like, it was very reminiscent of that movie. I also wondered, like, what that movie would have been like if the rat had attacked a baby? Was that, like, that was, like, the idea, right? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. That, the, that rat was going to eat a baby, right? Yeah. Yes. God, that would have been brutal. Can you imagine that? Like, you know, like, they have Up and all these other, like, kind of films where they have, like, a death at the beginning. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, they were like, yeah, we're going to kill a baby in this movie. They have, oof. Woof. <laughs> Woof, indeed. Well, I will say, when they first re- like when you first saw the baby in the crib, it didn't move at all, and it almost looked yeah. kind of dead. It was really kind of creepy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> David, you've watched Lady in the Tramp now. What would you think of it? I really liked the movie. It, it was better than I expected. I mean, we didn't grow up with pets, so that's probably one of the reasons why we weren't, you know, attracted to this movie as kids. We didn't own it, as you said, or we don't think we did. I have had a dog. My wife adopted a golden retriever when we were engaged a couple years ago. So I have grown to love my dog and love having a pet. So definitely having that perspective helped me to see. I mean, as you mentioned, there are kind of lots of layers. There is the layer of like being a pet owner, the layer of having your first kid and like deprioritizing the pet, you know, underneath the kid. And then there was like the rich life versus the poor life, freedom versus the strictness and the the it it was just pretty deep so many layers and the characters were lovable lady was as well as the tramp and that was his name right did he have a real name i think it was just tramp yeah Yeah. okay that's too bad for him so i am not a dog person at all (laughs) like david said we well actually we had a dog before you were born david briefly actually before our middle brother matt was born too so basically didn't grow up with a with a pet and I've never really been a big fan of like entering someone's house. And the first thing that happens is a dog jumps on you. It's just, it's just not my thing. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I have a I have a daughter now, and the the day she begs me for a dog, that'll be an interesting one because it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. But just just despite all that, I really really enjoyed this movie. As you guys both mentioned, it had way more layers in it than I expected as well. Certainly, the the newborn baby thing struck a chord because so I've gone gone through that not with a pet, but at least just like getting used to a kid in the house and the changes that come with that. And then David, yeah, like you said, just the juxtaposition of living out on the streets versus living in this grand house, but like which one's truly better? And it kind of it kind of brings some of those things into question. And I loved all the different characters. There's a lot of really fun dogs that come in and out of the story. Some great music, as always in these Disney movies. You know, starting with the classic Disney choir, as almost every single one of these seems <laughs> right. to do. That just like always An puts angelic me, voice. Yeah, always puts me in a good mood. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, as I mentioned in the history, I really liked the new animation format, or at least the aspect ratio just felt different, but still felt like a Disney movie for sure. So I guess we can dive into some other observations. I I was watching this movie kind of quietly because there were people sleeping upstairs and the tramp, I swore he was calling Lady bitch like the entire time <laughs> yeah yeah i had to look it up i was like surely he's saying bitch and it was pidge it was pidge. and even people who knew it was pidge were still confused why he was calling her pidge oh what's the matter pidge we can't go in why not and i didn't re- i think at the very end he said it a bunch and there was more of a, there was more of a like distinct p uh-huh. Yeah. But I kept writing down. I was laughing. I was like writing down, come on, bitch, follow me. Where are you, bitch? <laughs> right. Go, bitch. Yeah. Come on, bitch. <laughs> come on, bitch. <laughs> and then he loses, he's looking for her and he's like, pidge, pidge, pidge. <laughs> but like, it makes sense. Does it? Well, what does it mean? Because bitch is it? Well, no, bitch would make sense. That's what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch would make sense. Because bitch is like a word for female dog. Right. And I didn't get what pidge meant, though. What is pidge? <laughs> Uh, Why is he calling her Pidge? It's like Pigeon. Hang on. Well, I, sure. I found this somewhere. <laughs> I was reading it. Well, <laughs> well sure. I'm sure we, we probably all watched the same file that you sent us, Mike, and it, it didn't have subtitles, so no. I, could, mm. I tried to look for subtitles to turn them on, and I couldn't find them. Okay, well, the, the description online says he calls Lady Pidge, short for Pigeon, but yeah, like, like Eric just said, what does that actually mean? Uh <laughs> I don't know, maybe that was like a 1950s like slang term for like chick, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Or like babe. I've never heard that before. It's like, or maybe they are like trying to get something going. Like they're like, let's make this a thing. <laughs> Where like people call each other pidge. Like they call like like ladies pidge. Make that trend. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's 1955. Like maybe bitch wasn't like a bad word then. Even now it's That's not what that I bad word. But it's become derogatory. Yeah. You see, pidge. When you're footloose and collar-free, well, you take nothing but the best. What else we got? David, did you notice anything fun? <laughs> I'm still trying to look up, like, the <laughs> the hidden meaning of pidge. The only thing I found was Urban Dictionary. I, somebody that pretends to be a boy but is actually a girl. Hmm. Eh, which hmm. doesn't 
totally makes sense. So I don't know. <laughs> I thought uh, it was really interesting just to like, you mentioned it was modeled after his hometown of Walt Disney's hometown. Like I definitely, I were in St. Louis. I'm, I'm in St. Louis at least. And the architecture was very reminiscent of St. Louis architecture, especially the old houses, the Victorians that lady was in. Yeah, it was definitely like this idealized town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to know what those people do for a living because that was a very impressive house. Yeah. It also felt more kind of like modern than the previous movies we've been watching because like Snow White was, you know, fantasy. Right. A lot of them have been like fantasy worlds, but this is more of a realistic world. So it felt different on top of the fact that it was just like in a neighborhood, which was a different setting or a new setting in a Disney movie. Sure. And we got a little bit of that in Peter Pan uh, with, with downtown yeah, London. London. But you're right, with Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, really all the previous ones, they kind of took place in more made-up worlds. Let's talk about the uh, cats. <laughs> <laughs> the Vietnamese cats, The Vietnamese maybe? cats, right. <laughs> just generally uh asian stereotype cats yeah oh yeah that first like shot of their like eyes in the the basket or whatever i was like i mentioned earlier there's a couple videos online of them of them they're super staged videos of them creating the songs you know where they probably just had the people come back and reenact it in a studio Uh but there's one of them writing this song i I, I recommend you looking it up (laughs) what do those asian people like to sing about there's a spot here where the cats get laid into trouble walt suggested we tell the whole sequence with a song what is siamese how about an oriental number i think that's a wonderful idea maybe something like um Mm -hmm. let me try this i have an idea I was about to say that this was like the first movie that didn't have anything offensive in it, but I had forgotten about the Siamese cats, so I can't <laughs> give it that badge of the first politically correct Disney movie. I don't want to turn this into a, a, a huge debate, but one one thing that I've always observed, I did comedy up in Chicago for about six years, and you're on stage, I swear, like almost every accent or every like dialect that somebody would put on was like okay but the second somebody went asian Mm. and did some sort of asian dialect the audience was just like nope (laughs) nope i'm not gonna laugh at this like i'm uncomfortable now yeah which i i don't know it gets super kind of fascinating like you could almost do anything and people weren't like a like scared to laugh or offended by it but the second that you do like an asian dialect people or like a version of or like a yeah caricature of that it was just like that was the that was the the line huh that is interesting i'd be curious to like read up on that a little bit because yeah Yeah. you're right if someone just did like an over-the-top british accent like no one cares well right because there's the italian guy in that movie like there who is a super stereotype (laughs) over the top but everybody's like cool with that (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that that is an interesting observation. I don't have much to say to it because it's true. I mean, like, <laughs> right. you got me stumped. Yeah. Well, it was a catchy song. It was. <laughs> it <laughs> was a catchy song. <laughs> it was a little thumb thimble, like, 
But yeah, those cats were, I'm not a fan of the cats. And, uh, you know, they, they end up kicking Lady out of the house, basically, who flees. Right. And then we meet the tramp, who I, I really, really liked. I really enjoyed this character. I immediately went on eBay to see if there was some, like, tramp Funko Pop or something, and it cost way too much, <laughs> so I didn't buy it. One of my favorite scenes is when they go into the zoo and uh, yeah. meet, the, meet the beaver who eats off the muzzle. To remove it, simply place the strap between your teeth. Like this? He wrecked friend, now bite hard. You see? It's off. I wanted to bring up the love story because we haven't really sure. touched upon that. So all the love stories in the previous Disney movies, so Snow White, Cinderella, pretty much the girls in those movies got swept off their feet. There was no development of the relationship. And it was just like, a pretty pretty lame love stories in general, especially <laughs> Snow White. They met and instantly fell in love, love at first sight kind of thing. But this one is the first love story where they actually developed their relationship. They showed them like arguing at one point. I just thought it was a much better reflection of real life and a better love story than we've seen before in a Disney movie. I mean, the whole thing that like Tramp was a man whore <laughs> was like like that whole reveal, right? Like where she goes to the pound and finds out he was sleeping with all these other women and she gets mad. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was like way more real. Yeah, and at the at the pound, yeah, we got the whole song about the tramp at the pound, right? Right. What was the name of the dog you mentioned earlier, David? Uh, Pam Peg. or something? Peg. 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 Yeah, we get the whole story about he's a tramp. But hey, anyone could be forgiven, I suppose. <laughs> it's not his fault. He's a tramp. But they love him Breaks a new heart Every day He's a tramp They adore him And I only hope He'll stay that way He's a tramp He's a The pinnacle of their love story The Italian meal Served to them Was kind of ridiculous And Walt Disney actually wanted to cut it out Of the movie but one of the animators convinced him to put it in there. He huh. he convinced him by animating the whole thing, like uh, sketching it out so he could show Walt that it would actually work and not look ridiculous of them sharing a spaghetti meal. He went rogue. Yeah. Hmm. Like the last four James Bond movies. <laughs> yeah, just, like he just goes rogue. Most of them. Just want him to get assigned a mission from M. <laughs> just I know. That's all I want. On this I enjoyed the music overall. I the only song I like knew all the lyrics for was the Siamese Cat song. Are there any others that like are prominent in Disney culture that you recognize? Um the uh Bella Note one I recognized. I feel like that gets around in Disney stuff. Um but that was about it. Yeah, this doesn't quite have as many iconic music pieces as as some of the other ones, but I mean the Siamese Cat song is I think most people recognize that just because it's, it's so weird. So so weird. And it is just out there. The singing in that is so like kind of off pitch. 
Such <laughs> well, a bizarre it, song. It's that same lady singing both voices. Oh, really? I'm telling you, look up, look up the video. It's it's pretty it's interesting. great. When the Siamese cat song was finished, Peggy and Sonny made a test recording with Peggy doing the voices of both cats. Now let's have Peggy explain how she sings a duet with herself. It's really very simple. If you happen to have a home tape recorder, and also if you can borrow another one from a neighbor, you might have fun trying it yourself. Are you ready? I so. Proceed. Yeah, the score for this movie, actually the scores for almost every single one of these 15 movies we've gone through is all by the same guy named Oliver Wallace. Um, he worked on, I mean, all of them, Snow White, Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, Slutus Amigos, etc., etc. I mean, one of the most iconic things about these old Disney movies is the music, and this guy seems to be pretty responsible for it. And uh, Just had him on retainer. They must have, and they were lucky to have him because he just does incredible work. And I also recognized a number of voices in this movie, too. It's hard to pinpoint them all, but they definitely have recurring actors also on retainer. Yeah, I feel like Tramp's voice I had heard before. Yeah. Yeah, it just gives them that that retro feel or vintage feel. Which which word is correct? That retro feel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Old that retro, that retro, that old fashioned Disney feel. That's timeless. Yeah. Timeless. That's what it right. is. Right there, it is certainly timeless. It, it gives me a, a kind of a a Christmas like kind of vibe. Like, cause there's like a lot of that, and I feel like old Christmas movies that I've seen. Yeah. Kind of like big, like swooping shot into the city or whatever and the this chorus singing and then like a narrator starts like yep. a lot of times yeah like that, that, that's up. what most of these like first 10 out of these 15 are like which is pretty awesome yeah well and and this movie started out on christmas so you're you're perfectly accurate yeah that's true that's true silent as the snowflake in the night and it swoops into the window onto the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I'm just describing this movie. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that this this movie kind of reminded me of, and I don't know if either of you have seen this. If you, either of you see Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson movie? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No. no. I, I highly recommend it. And again, as as not a dog person, I loved Isle of Dogs. So. Yeah. Um, this there are a lot of. Isle of Dog vibes in this movie, or, or vice versa. A lot of Lady and the Tramp vibes yeah, in, in Isle of Dogs. I, re- I recommend that. It's an incredible stop-motion animation movie by Wes Anderson. So, With that, uh, let's start wrapping this up. So, Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot. There's a, there's a job that each of our guests has to do, and okay. it is create the specific rating system for this movie. Ooh. So something Lady and the Tramp related <laughs> that we can sure. rate the movie out yeah. of. Uh, you have to rate it out of how many inches of a single spaghetti noodle it was. <laughs> what's so the, like max- what's was the like, maximum? The length? maximum is a 22-inch spaghetti noodle <laughs> down to down to an 8-inch spaghetti, like a standard 8-inch spaghetti noodle. So 8 so is wait, the minimum? So 8 is the minimum. Okay. So 8 to 22. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, so Eric, I'll let you uh, rate it first. I'll, I'll give, <laughs> and give it, it and, and give us your final thoughts. Well, I will say, I you know, I remember you guys were talking about like you were not, uh, Mike, you were not a big dog person. I also was not a big dog person growing up, and I liked cats, and I kind of remember hating the fact that they vilified the cats when I was a kid <laughs> in this movie. Having said that, I, I really enjoyed rewatching this again. It just had a lot of more adult themes that I. Re- could ever remember 
watching it as a kid. Uh, so I give it an 18-inch spaghetti noodle. All right. That's a, that's a good score. David, how about you <laughs> from 8 to 22? Oh, man. I've been trying to keep my ratings like consistent percentage-wise. I'm having a hard time. So, so really, it's out of 14 it. inches total, no matter how you say it. Okay. Um, I give it like a, yeah, 18, exactly the same. A 10 out of 14, 18 out of 22 inch, <laughs> inches of a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... I think this might be my favorite. No, I don't know. Peter Pan's so good, <laughs> but it definitely was close up there with Peter Pan as far as just being a solid movie, solid story, in-depth characters, many layers. The animation really impressed me. The wider aspect ratio was like something I noticed right off the bat with those first shots in the snowy neighborhood. It just looks really beautiful. Yeah, it was like a good length. I wasn't bored at all. I didn't think it was too short or too long and... It was definitely a classic Disney feeling movie that I will watch again in 10 years. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Out of 22, I'm, I think I'm going to go 18 as well. Um, wow. I, uh, <laughs> I, I really, I really like this. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. As I said before, I just wasn't expecting much out of a dog movie as not a dog person, but it did strike a chord. You know, all the, all the baby stuff certainly struck a chord. I, uh, I felt for the little dog, um, when she saw, um, what was her name? Darling knitting the, the baby socks, but also could relate to the, relate to the, the parents and, enjoyed the action i really liked the the character of the tramp and and uh all the fun dog characters and and uh they saved the day at the end so it had a nice happy satisfying ending so i will also give it an 18. if you enjoy that kind of um what it is for like somebody to experience a baby but also want to watch a way worse movie i suggest boss baby oh (laughs) i've seen it (laughs) <laughs> have, have you is, is that one of your daughter's favorites and so you've uh... yeah she she likes that one and it's it's kind of got that same kind of like a little bit of that vibe but way worse all right well my, my daughter's not demanding movies yet but uh we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens will. a few years from now yeah i'm sure i'll, I'll watch moana on repeat if i need to <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this episode um eric thank you so much for joining us it's a lot of fun yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And David, as always, thanks for being my co-host on Disney One by One. You're welcome. It was good to be back. So next week we have from 1959, it's Sleeping Beauty. Another another classic. So it's been a while since I've seen this. David, any, any time recently have you seen Sleeping Beauty? Never seen it. I asked that question like Yoda. <laughs> any time recently have you seen it? <laughs> I haven't seen any of these, basically. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see how that is next week on Disney One by One. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. One thing that I wanted to bring up, I was watching this movie kind of quietly because like people were... Oh, saying, wait, hold on. Yeah, Are you going to bring up the, the nicknames? Maybe. 
Pidge? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to talk yeah. about. I thought he was saying bitch. Yeah, okay, that's what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> I'll set it up and you guys can chime in. Yeah. 